Welcome to Muffliato, a Harry Potter podcast where we fill your ears to prevent you from hearing nearby conversations. I'm Josh. And I'm Blake, and today we share a cab as we continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and come now to the 11th chapter, Aboard the Hogwarts Express. Now, I just love the uh, opening scene as they all have to pile into these, uh, I think it's three cabs and, uh, you know, kind of sheer taxi with their huge luggage. Like, this is when you really need those magical cars. Cars, right i i'm shocked that they managed to get everything into only three cabs right yeah. like, like they have five students is that is that correct so they have the twins it, six the twins the six because they have Ginny as well so six students and then three additional adults it's incredible these yeah, taxis must be sizable yeah i know they've and i'm trying to think of those you know british taxis like the cabs that are yeah like, those are those are always cool they're hey? not like yeah. the yellow taxis no you know maybe no. maybe the our american listeners are thinking of that kind of yellow taxi but i feel like these have a little bit more headroom uh now i'm not saying that they're that much bigger but maybe potentially like a large chest you would have to like hold it on your knees as you sit mm. down or something but yeah. like that's just man if you crash that thing's like a bulldozer and like somebody's gonna get squashed <laughs> yeah yeah so these things are often called hackney carriages oh, um, okay and uh and they're pretty distinct if you if you you know if you've ever seen one you'll you'll know it as soon as you see it again um, mm. and they're not exactly the type of car that is used for really anybody else right they're pretty much only used as as taxis and they're often set up in such a way that, that you do have a bit more room for for stuff right it's, it's yeah. not like uh it's not like it's a got all the features of a normal car but sometimes yeah. even the seats in the back face each other and things like that yes anyway so, <laughs> likely that's what they were taking yeah Hope everybody's got that picture in their head now everybody's really cemented on this taxi thing uh, now yeah, that we've yeah. uh, we've started we've started that but like you and i josh we're sharing our cab we're heading to hogwarts uh through uh, obviously king's cross get on the train and this is that chapter where we're obviously going to have that magical train experience again although now that we've gone through this uh, a number of times we really get down to business once we're actually on the train you know it's for kind of plot reasons only obviously that first mm. book you really soak in the magical uh, trip of uh, the hogwarts express but now we're kind of like everything that happens on that train is pretty important and we're gonna we're gonna jump into that yeah no that's a great point blake uh, this this chapter is is designed to get us to Hogwarts, much like the train itself, the the literary train and the physical train doing much of the same job here. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather, uh, you know, Hogwarts Express than the Hogwarts cab, you know, like uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad that there's no sort of Hogwarts cab. I mean, there, there might be room in the market, like, you know, how the uh, the night bus, uh, I wonder if the I, night I think, bus I think takes Ron, people to Hogwarts. Ron might apply for that job, Blake. Yeah. You know, he 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 successfully drove to to Hogwarts once before. So yeah. so why not? Why not again? Right? Like, let's have some yeah. flying Hogwarts cabs. Uh, you know, and and now that I think of that, I'm wondering: Are you allowed to take the night bus to Hogwarts? Because you know, I don't know why you wouldn't, but maybe the night bus. You know, it takes from different areas. So, like, if you're going to have to travel to London to get to King's Rock Cross to then yeah. go to Hogwarts. You know, maybe the night bus comes your direction, right? You're over your way. Mm. And maybe that's easier for you to then like, can you, you know, go over to uh, to Hogsmeade and then, yeah. and then just walk yeah. in the gates? You know, can you do yeah. that? I always thought that was interesting, Blake. Yeah. Like what do the people do who live like anywhere nice further 
further north of the Midlands? Like, are they really expected to go into London and then travel all the way back up north? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've always maybe, wondered that. Maybe it's one of the requirements. They want everybody to come by like train. A, so an, they can, as an experience. Yeah, right? as an experience, yeah. part of that kind of that tr- that sort of yeah. cultural element I of guess the school. So. But then also to keep track of everybody, you know, because like yeah, maybe yeah. It, logistically it would be too hard if everybody is allowed to come in whatever ways they, they please. But maybe, maybe those people from further away, they do get the night bus, but they just take it into London um, yeah, true. and to King's true. Cross. So maybe that's the the stage that they, you know, use it where they, they, they bring mm. it in, they come in, they still get that train experience and, uh, and still get a good time, you know, anything off the trolley. Yeah. Goes, you know, I, yeah. I could see that happening. You know, it'd be a pretty weird experience, you know, say you're from, you're from Scotland or you're from, I don't know, Newcastle, somewhere North in England. And, and you're just saying to yourself, how is it that I am a, a little witcher wizard and I never got to go on the Hogwarts Express. That would be pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't, you would be missing part of the school. So I think that's probably definitely part mm. of that whole experience. Uh, yeah. Much like the yeah. first year's experience of taking the boats, you know, in the pouring of, rain, in the pouring rain, even yes, the torrential downpour. So, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's that experience, right? It's what makes the, uh, the, the whole uh, thing of going to school magical. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the kids might be like thinking oh, school, whatever, but then there are some like Harry who just like, it, it is just a safe place for them where yeah. they go back every time, much, much like the, um, the burrow now is for Harry as well. Mm. Um, so he is, you know, he is very thankful f- for Mrs. Weasley. And, and all that um you know they do for for Harry and, and Hermione as well and and uh, but the Hogwarts is this like awesome epic safe place that they can they can go to and uh, that experience definitely solidifies that which is pretty pretty sweet should we get to the summary Blake let's do it with the holidays finally over Ron Harry and everyone else at the borough make final preparations for the Hogwarts Express as they come downstairs they see an odd sight in the kitchen fireplace Amos Diggory's head is floating in the flames. For everyone else, however, the sight of Diggory is not the most significant part of this interaction. He is reporting urgent news and needs Arthur's help. Someone named Mad-Eye has gotten himself into some kind of trouble with his muggle neighbors. Diggory and Arthur are worried that because this man is about to start a new job, this incident will damage his reputation. The older Weasley brothers recognize the wizard's name, and Charlie explains that Mad-Eye Moody was an Auror for the Ministry, and that many of the dark wizards in Azkaban are there because of him. Charlie also admits that he has developed some kind of paranoia in his old age, and attributes this to the incident with his muggle neighbors. The whole Weasley family, Sans, Arthur, and Percy, set off for King's Cross Station in muggle taxis. As they say their goodbyes, Charlie and Bill look longingly at the train and speak opaquely about a desire to return to Hogwarts this year. Ron is especially curious, but Mrs. Weasley says that they will know what is happening soon enough. On board the train, they hear Draco Malfoy talking about his near enrollment at Durmstrang the second new school that Harry and Ron have learned about in a short time. Hermione, embarrassed at her friend's knowledge, explains that the rivalries that exist between the school and their disguises kept secret from the watching world. Here, they also meet up with old Gryffindor friends and share stories of the World Cup. Their fun stops, sadly, when Draco enters and makes fun of Ron's dress robes. He also appears to know what Charlie and Bill had been referencing earlier and makes a great deal about his father's significance and Arthur's seeming lack of knowledge. Finally, at Hogsmeade, Rain greets the students and the returnees pity the first years and their journey across the lake.
that must suck. Eh? I mean, you you know, you hear about your uh, your family's experiences of uh, their first time going to Hogwarts, maybe on on the you know on the boat, uh, heading uh, under kind of the, the Hogwarts caves to sort of walk up those stairs and all that. But you know, if you're like heaven's just bucketing down with the rain, you've you got to think like you know. Do they have any like magical protection over those boats? Because that's just like yeah. it's a miserable mm. experience. Mm. Or or even non magical, right? Any any mechanical um, yeah. protection, maybe like a little umbrella type situation. I don't know. Um, we 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 do see a little bit of that just in in the books where the the rain is is bucketing down for for Quidditch. You know, Harry's able to get a little yeah. bit of a, a protection of his glasses, but not exactly stay dry, right? Yeah, yeah. You just um, I just I just wonder if that's a, a feature of those yeah, boats. Otherwise, you know, which which if there was, I think that would be an <clears throat> awesome time to like you know come in and see Hogwarts, right? Is uh, like with the rain mm. come beating down on like the lake, but you're like protected and nice and warm like on this boat that would be a pretty cool piece of magic you know cool experience there yeah yeah if you if you're absolutely soaked which i feel like some of them do come in and they are soaked that uh yeah just it just doesn't seem like it's as nice of an experience uh you know uh going over the lake in the in the pouring rain although although imagine you know you're it's your it's your first year. You see the the castle in in the far distance. I don't think a little bit of rain is gonna is gonna you know dampen your spirits too no, much. Pro- pardon the pro- pun. Pro- yeah, pro- probably not. You are gonna be damp. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully not dampen the spirits because hopefully nothing can overcome that first you know like look and visit to, to Hogwarts. Mm. Um, I'm sure that's such a, a sort of a special uh, a special memory. Um, like the key theme for this chapter, I found a little bit tricky to come up with. I don't know how you thought it, um, but I, I think one one way we could look at this chapter, one lens that we could apply, would be the the theme of mystery and suspense. And and one of the reasons for that is is that so many things are are introduced to us, uh, but they're not fully introduced. Right? Mm. This is the maybe third or fourth time that something mysterious happening at Hogwarts has been mentioned. Um, Percy has talked about it. Uh, earlier in in the holidays, um, Ludo Bagman has nearly told them, uh, yeah. and now we have um, Ron's eldest brothers really longingly want to go to Hogwarts, and then finally Draco kind of making fun that they don't know what's happening. So this this idea of mystery is is definitely around, but there's also mystery and suspense with Mad Eye Moody. What's this job? Why are we being told about it? There's there's surely not going to be a a wasted reference to this new character. Yeah, and really the the schools as well. There's there's this mystery shrouding them as far as why why are we all of a sudden, especially as the reader, but also for for Ron and Harry as the characters, why are we finding out about these schools and and what reference are they going to make later in the book? Yeah, I I like that this key theme you know is probably in this chapter is tied so closely to the foreshadowing. Uh, that mm. we that we see in the chapter, and um, uh, you uh, you uh, you mentioned Draco and the two older uh, Weasley brothers um, being the uh, kind of the not the spiller of beans, but the teaser. <laughs> you know, the teaser yeah. of yeah. of that information. Uh, but also, I love my favorite one is actually from Molly, and uh, and uh, you know, just Molly Weasley like jumps in on it as well as well, and she's kind of like uh, you know, it goes. I think the two oldest brothers. And then Molly Weasley is the is the train sort of 
of departing and then you know draco but i just find like as you know molly weasley says her her part you know and just being like oh i expect you'd you know you, you won't be back for christmas or something that's kind of yes, it for ron yes. and, and harry they're like what what is going on like you know why why not you know that must just be so frustrating for them but what a what a comparison of like you know the weasley family who clearly listened you know when keeping the secrets of this uh, special event and uh, and uh, you know want to really keep that suspense and that uh, excitement alive for uh, the current students compared to like Malfoy's family who just like maybe you know they just chat about that over the dinner table being like oh yeah this is happening it's it's meant to be a secret and it just you know and then I don't know it just ruins the ruins the excitement and and so Draco now is kind of using that knowledge to kind of tease uh, the uh, uh, the whole compartment, um, but yeah, so I I quite I quite like the the contrast, like much more exciting to be kept in suspense, and in, in my opinion, mm, yeah, yeah, no, and and it's one of those things that um, you know as as we are going through the book, it's it's just building, right? That the, all this teasing is coming from all these different yeah. angles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones, ones that are not like you know explicitly trying to tease and trying to you know get uh, to to a sort of a uh, evoke a response, but uh, others who are you know specifically that's their that's their goal. And uh, you know, I would probably be one of those people. You know, It'd take it maybe like the uh, the older brothers who are just sort of nonchalantly like being like, yeah, it would be pretty good to be back at, at Hogwarts this year. Mm. So uh, so we get a lot of that, and I do. So I think that you know the key theme sitting at sort of that mystery suspense being tied into foreshadowing, which we'll, we'll talk about a, a little later. I think that works out really, really good uh, that these two things are, are quite similar and, uh, and we kind of get that key theme from, from that. Yeah. So we get this, um, we get our first view into Mad-Eye Moody uh, and uh, we hear about him. And uh, first of all, he gets in trouble. It's based off him, you know, coming and needing a bit of help because he's, you know, set some dustbins off. He thinks there's an, an intruder and everybody kind of thinks he's he's sort of like crazy, right? And, and he is a bit mm. crazy. Uh, so maybe people don't take him quite as seriously. So they this type of threat, they just think, oh, you know, you know, nobody's actually attacked him. And uh, but that is something that, you know, we see in, in foreshadowing as, as well, where that attack is actually probably when that, you know, the fake Moody switches in with the real Moody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we get Barty Crouch Jr. Who's, who's got that sort of polyjuice potion all revealed further further in the book. But uh, we, we kind of see that that's when that switch gets made. But it also it also is used like this kind of mention of him and, you know, him needing help is also mentioned like shows that some people are still on his side, right? Like some people just mm. write him off. They think he's, you know, he's a bit of a nutter. Obviously, uh, yeah, one of the Weasley kids uh, says that he's a, he's a bit of a nutter. And, uh, you know, but Mr. Weasley and Mrs. Weasley, like they still have that relationship with him. And I think that probably comes back from the time of versing Voldemort and all the, the work that he did and the relationship they they would have had back then as well. That, um, you know, for, for people like the Weasleys and Dumbledore, he's still considered like, a friend. Well, and and I think it's one of those things that as we you know as we look at at, at his legend that that he's almost he's he's one of those people who's you could say almost anything about him and it seems like people would believe it. It's like, you know, Mad-Eye Moody killed or, or imprisoned four Death Eaters in one day. Mad-Eye Moody um, talks to his rubbish bins after work. Like it's, it's like almost anything seems, seems believable. And yeah, um, and, and that kind of adds, adds kind of um, one extra layer to 
to the kind of awe, um, aura about him, um, not aura, but aura about him. Like that yeah. he's kind of shrouded it in mystery. And no one knows exactly what's true and he's great at his job, but he's crazy and all these things that, you know, like I'm not quite sure exactly what was going on at this point. He seems very retired, but mm. post post this book, he seems very much back involved, at least in a kind of secretive capacity with, other aurors, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, because he because he was an aura and yeah. uh, and uh, is clearly like kind of retired from that life. Yeah, Dumbledore gets him back, and then obviously once he does, after that things start kicking up again for the whole battle mm. against you know uh, Lord Voldemort. Two point oh. So yeah, two point oh. You know, and so Mad Eye Moody essentially is uh, is reinvigorated. Like it seems that he mm. comes out of retirement, and then he goes, I you know. I'm back in the game, uh, which is great because he's an asset to he's an asset to have. And and I think you know I don't know you almost wonder this is maybe psychologizing the characters a bit too much, but you almost wonder maybe part of his craziness was because he was a bit isolated because you know he he doesn't come across as crazy when we meet the real Mad Eye Moody you know in 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 the mm. fifth book you know he he really comes across as certainly vigilant but but he 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 seems fine you know and and yeah. I, I wonder maybe maybe this this idea that you know he he was he's he's definitely meant for wartime so so maybe living in a time of peace really didn't suit him well and and he was kind of always looking over his shoulder and people took that for being crazy when he was just kind of built for a particularly stressful time i just got this view in my head of a uh, of a magical winston churchill uh yeah yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that if that works but uh you know that's sort of you mentioned wartime and i just thought of uh, a magical winston churchill but uh yeah definitely an asset to have on your team but yeah we we obviously see much more of mad eye moody not so much of the real mad eye moody in this book funny enough so we we kind of it's it's really weird how our rolling gets us to sort of be you know learn and and you know know about this Mad Eye Moody character, but then mm. at the end of the book we realize that's not actually the real Mad Eye Moody, uh, and uh, and so it's uh, interesting how you kind of you learn about a character, but then oh no that's not actually the character you're learning about. Um, Isn't that great? Yeah, it's it's, it's a very a good misdirection. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read this book. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that is a big spoiler alert. And uh, Draco Malfoy, obviously, we we see how he just continues to be the bane of the uh, the trio's kind of existence, especially on the train, mocking Ron for those secondhand robes that he has, and you know, just probably further making Ron humiliated by that. But uh, yes, also that lack of information that, that the trio have that he has, and he's more important. You know, father told me a ago you know and you're kind of just like all right you know calm down, calm down. So draco's uh obviously uh cementing that he's still uh you know uh, a bit of a, a bit of an annoying uh, annoying loser to uh to the trio and uh, to the others thinking he's uh, better than them this has been mentioned before in talking about mad eye moody but it's interesting to see the the work relationship between amos and 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 arthur mm. uh, and and it seems like it seems like there are a, a, or there is, I guess, a fairly significant number of people at the ministry who who are working together to um, like to protect this man's legacy. Right. You yeah. mentioned that these other people speak highly of him, but but they want to intervene and they want to make sure that um, that nothing too serious happens because they are convinced that it was 
no big deal, right? It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, let, I think that yeah. you know, let's let's get them off on something from exactly. your department. You know, from your department, right? Very minor. Yeah. Um, you know, the the misuse of sort of like a you know muggle type uh, artifacts yeah. and things and rubbish bins, and so yeah, they're trying to help him in in those ways. And and funny, speaking of Amos Diggory, we uh, and we've mentioned it before, but you know, as we jump into world building, we see sort of the type of communication. We see that fireplace, right? Mm. Um, and uh, and I thought about it like how it's it's almost like facetime but for wizards how you know <laughs> but this is better because amos diggory gets given that piece of toast right mm. and uh, you gotta think did you need a toaster before giving it to amos diggory or could you have just buttered a slice of bread and let the fire toasted Ooh, it you know like that's a great question um, I'm going deep here, but like, how how do you think that might work? Because you got to be careful, you know. Those flames still probably, you know, maybe are hot to it to to a degree. And uh, but yeah, anyway, I love how. Yeah, could you imagine liking travel. liking your toast? You know, just barely touched by the <laughs> toaster, and then all of a sudden you put it in the fire, and it's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, thank you, thank now. you, Molly, for that burnt piece of toast. Uh, really yeah. appreciate that. Uh, I yes, think uh, I think this make might be like one of the uh, the least explored um, the least explored uh, areas of 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 travel in in the Harry Potter universe is, is yeah. what all can you do? Like um, you know, we we see it come to I guess plot significance later on in um, in Order of the Phoenix, but but as far as just like you know, satisfying our curiosity. This really gives us more questions than answers. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And uh, you think, man, it must be a bit annoying, a bit painful, sort of bending on your knees, shoving your head mm. in the fire. Obviously, that's the more polite approach. You don't just, you don't just fool, you know, completely go into somebody else's house through the fireplace, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, maybe there's magical protections against that, but you can apparently put your head in and, you know, and call in and be like, hey, psst, you know, like, Hey, it's mm. it's Amos here. Like, can uh, can you can you get someone? And so that would be interesting because if nobody's in the kitchen, how do you you know, or wherever the fire is, like, how how do you you know get people's attention? Uh, so it's a bit um, yeah, it's a bit hard. Maybe just apparition outside their house, and then a knock on the door would suffice. But yeah, who yeah, we we get this new form of of like a fun bit of communication where there's a bit of uh, a toast uh, shared, which is which is lovely. You can share a meal with somebody just through the fireplace. But uh, yeah, we do further need to explore. Can you put a raw piece of chicken in someone's mouth? And by the time it gets to their mouth, is it cooked Ooh, by the fire? Probably not. But anyway, that is, uh, uh, we, we digress. Uh, a, a few <laughs> of the other things we get in this, uh, you know, chapter is we, we cement more about the other wizarding schools. Like we've heard yeah. little bits and pieces in previous chapters, but now we actually, you know, they're named, they're given a little bit more significance. Yeah. This is the, uh, the second school that we uh, hear about for the first time, Durmstrang or Durmstrang. Mm. And, and, and I love, love Hermione's little detective work, you know, basing a, basing yes. the uh, location of the school on the, on the type of uniform they have. And she will uh, come to find out she's exactly right. And, and it's, I just it's love no Hawaii, great. right? It's, 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 it's no not Hawaii, a school in that, Hawaii. So there you go. That much is clear. That much <laughs> is clear. And what's really interesting, I think as well is, uh, is we just get another 
um, reminder of of how little Ron and Harry really know what's going on and how how much Hermione does. It's so like oblivious to some of these things. Yeah. You think surely there would have been this conversation about you know other wizarding schools and the you know the pros to to them and and some of the special things that they do, but maybe you know overall they are just really good kept secrets, right? And yeah. um, you only know about the one that you're connected in with, right? Like nobody knows about the, you know, American school or the, uh, I think mm. there's one in, in Brazil and things like that. You yeah. just don't know because, you know, you're not connected to that wizarding community specifically, which would make working at the, um, you know, at like sort of the international sort of department or international affairs at the Ministry of Magic really cool if you are able to interact with Mm. other wizards from around the world that would be a pretty sweet job what I am I'm I'm curious about Blake I don't know this answer does the Pacific does our area have any uh, yes any schools I I feel like I feel like we do and we've got to do a little bit of a little bit of research here a little bit of uh, Um, on on the fly uh, research some live radio research right now no that's Japan ah you know maybe that's the closest one I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure if, uh, yeah, Oceana uh, has uh, has one. But anyway, maybe someone out there knows, you know, of all the schools and could let us know the closest one to us. But yeah, interesting. Um, the, it looks like Japan. It looks it, like Japan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which, which would be a pretty, pretty the cool Mahuto one to go to. Yeah, that might be in another episode, ranking the schools we would want to go to, you know, Josh. I yeah. feel like that could be a good bonus episode, looking at all the schools and being, all right, which ones sound, sound the best. So. Yeah, maybe with the bias of, of Hogwarts being up there for us. But anyway. Like we've mentioned this before, and so we'll just touch on it briefly. Kind of the main literary device here is a, a bit of plot advancement. It takes us from one location to another, mm. as well as um, kind of preparing us for some of the big news items that will get dropped on us that first night at Hogwarts. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually. Like it's we're, we're given only so much. We're given, you know, a, a decent amount in this chapter, new bits of information, bits of information that will apply to next chapter, especially the mention of the schools. But like, yeah, you're not overloaded, which is um, which is really, really nice because it leaves that excitement for next chapter, especially like for people reading chapter titles and hearing, you know, that the next chapter is the uh, the Triwizard Tournament. Like, mm. I feel like, you know, we actually finally- You, you don't stop after this chapter. You keep no, going. No, no. I, I think all those reading this book for the for the first time, you know, and they, they would get to this chapter after maybe saying, oh, one more chapter about two times before mm. would actually be like, no, no, I, I do need to read this next chapter. You know, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that is the one more chapter that I need to read. Oh, very good. And Blake, the foreshadowing, we've talked about that again, Mad-Eye Moody. Um, is is kind of the 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 main foreshadowing here, and, mm, and the foreshadowing yeah. is that this event that we see these trash bins rustling turns out to be far more significant than we realize at the time. That is that, and we yeah we mentioned it before that attack on Moody that switches out those you know we just think ah oh, just trash bins just you know maybe that cements that idea of Moody being a bit crazy and and unhinged mm. or whatever, but really it it's not. It's actually like a legit like his warning alarms went off for an actual uh, yeah. an actual bad you know the the bad attack on him a switch out and uh, now he's uh, from this point on um he is uh, not actually mad eye moody uh, but we do actually learn a bit of foreshadowing with the starting a new job that's going to come into play uh, soon probably next chapter and uh, and especially especially all the little uh, sneaky hints that the uh, the weasleys and and uh, malfoy but mainly the weasleys make about that special event you know is just like that little bit of foreshadowing for next chapter like the significance we need a way to, to get to hogwarts the hogwarts express is better than taking a muggle cab so that's the 
that's the reason this chapter is so important. No, just kidding. Although, In addition to all the other things you mentioned. Although, how good would a uh, a Hogwarts Express colored, like, you know, the, the sweet colors of Hogwarts Express, but that painted like let's paint that on a cab and uh and oh that would be cool yeah. magical flying cabs that's that is that is definitely a, a great thing although i think most people would still pick the train from uh from their experience of uh, harry and ron uh driving the ford anglia to to school yeah. being like it's actually not that nice as you might think you know the train is uh, a nicer mode of transport although maybe if you were taking a car that wasn't also like broken down you know that true and you you went into it knowing that you needed treats and snacks and things throughout your your trip and how long the trip would actually take uh, and where you were going so you didn't feel yeah too overwhelmed by that there you go so that that would probably suffice there but that is that that significant chapter that we need is is we've got to we got to go on the hogwarts express we've got to get to school brilliant well thanks for listening to today's episode if you're an apple user don't forget to leave a rating and review your support helps keep the magic alive you can send us questions on our instagram email or website muffleoutofpodcast.com to continue the adventure join us next time as we discuss the 12th chapter of harry potter and the goblet of fire the triwizard tournament